Stand By for Places presents Cyrano de Bergerac by Edmund Morstand, adapted by Lauren T. Mack and directed by Lana Russell. Act One, Paris. 1640. The Hotel de Bergogne Theatre. Empty and dark. A racket court stage. Chandeliers lowered into the pit. Galleries above for the rich. The pit below for the rest. Lights. Flowers. Glasses. Plates of cakes. Decanters. A door half open. Venier, the gentlemanly drunkard emerges from his cups. Mm, the nosy busybody emerges from his gazette. Monsieur Grisi, may I present Baron Christian de Neuvillette. Delighted, Monsieur. Baron de Neuvillette has just arrived from Terrain. Oh, who is that? A girl pretty enough to be chaperoned. And rich enough to have her own box. Lydia! <laughs> it's her. Ah, uh, so this is your deity. Yes! Speak quickly. I tremble. Magdalene Robin, otherwise Roxanne. Refined and quick. As brilliant as she is beautiful. Independent. An orphan. Cousin of Cyrano, whom you heard mentioned just now. And that finely dressed man speaking to her. Oh, that blue beribboned nightmare is Comte de Guiche, infatuated with her, married to Richelieu's niece. He is urging Roxanne to marry a certain sad sire, Monsieur de Valvere, who is both of noble birth and accommodating. She resists, but de Guiche has influence. And Christiane has her attention. Huh? Look up, monsieur. She's looking at you. Where? Oh, wow. Oh, ma Paris, je t'aime. Oh, happy he who far from courts in solitude, self-banished, has cast off the chains of servitude. And who, when zephyrs sighs and rustles through the leaves... You crapule! Did I not suspend you for a month? <gasps> is this a part what of the play? Uh, what's it's going hey. on? It's Cyrano. King of clowns, get off the stage. Oh, but I... You refuse? Uh, mm, mm. Oh, happy he who far from courts in solitude. Attention, full moon. I'll clap my hands thrice. The third time, there must be an eclipse. <laughs> One. But I... Get off the uh, stage, my friend. Oh. Messieurs. Two. <gasps> it would be far better. Three. Uh, uh, yes, good night. <gasps> Monsieur. Uh, how about the money we will have to return to our patron? Catch this purse and hold your tongue. <laughs> For the same price, monsieur, you may prevent our performances indefinitely. <laughs> An actor like Montfleury, scandalous. Why, he is a favorite of the Comte de Guiche. What powerful patron have you, monsieur? None. What, no patron? No. What, ha, no no high-born gentleman whose name can shield you. For the third time, no. I've no protector but my own blade, you powdered poppet. Oh, 
a nose, monsieur, that is, that is very large. Is that, is that all? Well, I certainly. No, no, that's a little too short, young snip. You might have said, oh, many things in many different keys. For instance, aggressive. Had I such a nose, I would at once have it amputated. Descriptive. It is a rock, a peak, a peninsula. Innocent. What is this monument open to visitors? That is a taste of what you might have said, mon cher, if you had an ounce of panache. But you could not have uttered a quarter of the half at the beginning of what I said, for I may be willing to serve such sport myself, but I allow nobody to serve it to me. Such arrogance. An insignificant little squire who... Who doesn't even wear gloves? And he sallies forth without ribbons, bows, or trimmings. I did have one glove left from a very old pair. One day I found it cumbersome, and I left it on somebody's face. <coughs> Puppy! My pretty ridiculous bully! Ah, Cyrano Savignard Hercule de Bergerac. Delighted to meet you. Poet! Yes, monsieur, a poet. So much that while we play swords here, I mean to improvise for you a ballade. A ballade? A ballade is composed of three stanzas of eight lines each plus an envoi of four lines. <laughs> you, I am uh, going to compose one while fighting, and when I come to the last line, monsieur, I'll touch you. You'll not. Oh, be sure I shall. Clear the pit! Make me silence! Don't break anything! I can't oh, see. Dear, make room there! Wait. <clears throat> My hat with grace I cast aside. Next, watch me, please. I slowly free the cloak in which I'm wont to stride, and then I draw my sword, you see. A celadon you have in me, a scaramucha very much, but, little man, moderate your glee, for when I close the envoi, I'll touch. T'were better you had slept or died. Oh, goose, where shall I puncture thee? Beneath the ribs, above, decide. Or through the breast, where the ribbons be. The hilts are ringing. One, two, three. My sword, beware, is not a crutch. I'll strike according to decree. For when I close the envoi, I'll touch. I seek in vain a rhyme in eyed. You back and whiten. Let's agree upon a word, say, trembling hide. So, tap. I parry just a wee. Your vicious thrust. Now, finish we. I open court or something such. Hold well that spit, you dog, or flee. For when I close the envoi, I'll touch. Envoi. Now, prince, may heaven hear your plea. I follow, though you break and clutch. I cut, I faint, be ready. For now I close the envoi, I touch. Cyrano! Cyrano! Now, Cyrano, let us talk. Wait till the crowd has left. You are not going to dinner? I, no. Why not? Uh, because I have no money. How about that bag of coin you gave to Bellarose? All I have till next month. To throw away thus your purse? What folly! Yes, but 
What a gesture. All these bellicose doings and the admiration they elicit will warp your judgment. Go ask people of sense what they think of this last prank of yours, of its effect. The Cardinal, Richelieu. He was there. Yes. And he must have found you... Very original. Nevertheless, you are making too many enemies. How many do you estimate I have made today? Oh, just Montfleury, the Tradesman Guild, De Guiche, Valver, the Playwright, the Academy. Oh, you give me infinite joy. But come now, tell me. Tell me the true reason of your hatred for Montfleury. I hate him since he dared once to set those eyes of his upon her. I felt as if I saw a long slug crawling over a flower. <laughs> Is it possible? That I love? I do love. Whom, may I inquire? You never told me. Oh, come now, reflect. The dream of being loved, even by a homely girl, is one forbidden me. Forbidden by this nose of mine that precedes me everywhere by fifteen minutes. So then, I love... Whom? Why, it could not be otherwise. The loveliest of the lovely. The most brilliant. The most exquisite. The blondest. Roxanne, your cousin? <sighs> well, where's the harm? You love her. Tell her so! She witnessed here just now your valiant deed. I love Cleopatra. Do I have the air of a Caesar? But, my darling, your courage, your wit. Take that girl there who just now offered you your modest repast. Her eyes, you well know, did not detest you. True. Even Roxanne was deathly pale watching your duel here. Her heart and mind were struck. Dare to speak so. So that she bursts out laughing in my face? Under my very nose? No. <clears throat> Who's there? Her chaperone. Monsieur, a fair cousin would like to know where a valiant cousin can be seen. In private. I be seen? In private. There are things to be said. Things? To be said. My God. We'll hear tomorrow early mass at the Church of St. Roch. On our way home, we can chat a bit. Where? Where? Uh... I... Uh, at... Uh, at Ragano's, the pastry cooks. Where's that? Rue... Rue... God... Uh, <laughs> Rue St. Honoré. We'll be there by seven sharp. Be punctual. I shall. I... She... An appointment! And now you will be calm? No. I'll be frantic and invincible. I would I had an army to defeat. I have... Ten hearts and twenty arms. What are piddling lords to me? I must have giants to vanquish. Sir, no help. Oh, mon dieu, he's heavy. Monsieur Puigi, what has this drunken genius gotten himself into this time? Uh, Liniere, wake up. Why aren't you in bed, you great cask of muscatel? This note warns me. A song I wrote angered someone powerful, I, I don't know who. Now a hundred men are posted at the Porte de Nelle to kill me. There, I must pass to get home. Please, let me take shelter under your roof tonight. One hundred men, you say? Oui. 
You'll sleep under your own roof. But how can I? Lebray, Luigi, be good enough to follow at a distance. You'll be witnesses. When you see me charge, please do not follow. Simply look on whatever danger I may be in. Yes, but 100 men, surely you must assist me. Tonight, I would not have them fewer by a single man. But why a hundred men against a poor poet? Open the door. <sighs> Paris, nocturnal and nebulous. With moonlight flowing down the bluish roofs. For the coming deed, how exquisite the frame. Neath mist as light as gauze, behold, the cell. A mysterious and magical mirror there. Is trembling. And we'll see what we shall see. But Cyrano, why a hundred men against a poor poet? Because, Lebray, he is known to be a friend of mine. Act two, the shop of Ragano. Poulterer. Pastry cook. Poet. On the corner of Rue Saint-Ambre and Rue de l'Abre Sec, gray in the dawn. Inside the grass sparkles, spindles turn. That geese on hooks, pyramids of ham. Crockery overflowing with sunflowers, roast dripping in fat into pans. Tables loaded with villages of petit feu, cities of brioches, palaces of cakes. Other tables set with chairs wait patiently for the eaters and drinkers of Paris. The assistants, cook boys, shot out of the cannon of morning and into the day, rushing in and out, bearing heavy trays of dishes. On the smallest table, tucked into the corner, hidden underneath scattered papers, sits Ragano. Shh! This is his only moment to write today. What time is it? Monsieur de Bergerac, six o'clock. Bravo, I witnessed your fight. Which one? Which one? Uh, the one at the Hotel de Bourgogne. Oh, that door. Yes, your duel in Vass. But when I close down Bore, I'll fetch her. Oh, the panache of it. But when I close down Bore. Ragano, what time is it? Uh, five minutes after six. I touch. Oh, the right of the land. My friend, I expect somebody here. If that somebody comes, you never can tell. Please, leave us here alone. But I told you I'd come You will have to take them away when I make a sign to you. What time is it? Uh, ten minutes after six. A pen and parchment, please. Ah, here. The goose quill. <laughs> Dear brother poet, we were delayed a bit by something of a crowd pressed for the portinelle. By sword both slashed and pierced, eight cutthroats bleeding fast illustrated the street. Mm -hmm. Seven. And who's got your birthday, Dino? I. No. I love you. A single man, they say, put all the band to flight. Your eyes are like pearls. One could find their plumed hats as far as the Quadro Fair. A terrible your giant must be the one who caught so many ducks. And I am right to hint at them soon. What new rhymes can you give us, Ragano? One who loves me. Signature unnecessary. I'll hand her the letter myself. I have put a recipe into verse. We're listening. How to make almond tarts. 
bit up the foam, discarding prags, your choice of eggs. Add carefully into the foam some citron juice that's new and stout. Mm. Then lengthen out mm. uh, with milk of almonds made at home. Next, mm. coat with dough, mm -hmm. both fresh and sound. Below around such molds as pastry cooks prepare. Add sweetening to suit your taste into the paste. Then pour quite slowly and with care. Your mm. foam into each well so well that every well, when it is baked to blondness, starts to seek the rocks that pleasure sings. These seemly things are rightly christened almond darts. Mm. Mm. So good. They seem to drink your verse, my friend. But see you not how they assimilate your stock of eatables? Oh, I see, but I notice not. Pleading my lines affords me double joy, mm. since thus I satisfy mm. a weakness that I own while feeding the hungry. I like mm. you, Ragnar. Oh. It's time. Ah, uh, ah, brother poets, my frere. We shall be much more comfortable sitting upstairs. But the cakes! Ah, uh, let us take them along. Ah, allons-y. Ah, mesdames, please come in. As to you, Duenna, are you fond of cakes? Oh, beyond further. Here are six for you, wrapped in a poem. Do you like all cakes? All. All? <laughs> all. Here are a few. Go now and eat them. Outside. Oh, um, but I... He removes his hat. Stops. Respectfully, I would think. Is he shaking? Let this moment of all moments be blessed. Where you remember I humbly exist and have come to say, say. To say, I thank you heartily. For know you now the brainless wretched fop you vanquished yesterday in your noble game of swords was being forced upon me by one who says he loves you. De Guiche. So then I fought, not for my wretched nose, but for your smiling eyes. And then I wished. But the admission needs that I should find in you the brother that you were of yore, when we were children both by the lake. When Bergerac was our summer ground. And reeds made up your goodly stock of swords. While waving corn gave flowing hair for dolls. <laughs> <laughs> what happy days and japes! For you, my will was law. Roxanne, in short petticoats, was then called Magdalene. Was I pretty? You were not fine. Oh, how often climbing you'd injure your hand and come running. Then motherly, I'd say in sternest voice, another frolic and another scratch. <gasps> well, the same today. What's this? No, let me see. <gasps> You're still a boy, it seems. Say when and how. Uh, japes, just now. We're on the port de no. Oh, give me your hand. Water and my handkerchief. Now stay still. How tender you've remained. How many foes? Not quite a hundred. <gasps> oh, do tell me all. No, you tell me what earlier you dared not speak. But now I dare. The memories of yore encourage me with their fragrance. Here it is. I love someone. <laughs> oh? Who knows it not? Not yet. Oh, but he shall know this soon. Uh, oh, poor boy. 
Johnny drew his love of me timidly from afar and never dared to speak. Oh? Oh, let me finish your hand. It's feverish. But I saw the confession tremble on his lips. Oh. And imagine... Wait, hold I on. That, imagine that dear cousin who served in your regiment. Oh. Well, he's a cadet in your company. Oh? He bears on his brow the mark of wit, of genius. He's proud, noble, young, intrepid, beautiful. Beautiful? Why, what is the matter? N nothing. My hand. Well, in summary, I love him. I must say, however, that I have only seen him at the theater. Then you have not spoken. Only with our eyes. Well, then how do you know? There has been gossip. He is a cadet, you say? Yes, a cadet in the guards. Name? Baron Christian de Louvier. My darling, you who only loves beautiful language and fine minds, suppose he were a clod. No, he has the hair of a hero. Suppose he were as poor in speech as rich in hair. No, all his words are choice. I can tell by seeing him. Of course, all words are choice when they come to a mustache that is well curled, but suppose he were a fool. Well, I would die there. And it is to tell me this that you asked me to meet you here? I fail to see the necessity of an appointment, madame. The fact is that somebody frightened me to death yesterday, telling me that you are all Gascons in your company. And that we challenge any greenhorn who, through influence and not deed, are assigned to our Gascon company? Is that what you were told? And you imagine how I tremble for him? Not without reason. But then when you stood so courageously against those brutes yesterday, I thought, if he, Cyrano, whom everyone respects... Is well. I'll answer for your little baron. Oh! Shall you truly defend him for me? You have always been such a good friend. Yes. You'll be his friend. I will. And shall he never duel? I swear. Ah! You are my dearest friend. Ooh. But I must go. Oh, but you did not relate to me your battle of last night. You must have been grand. Tell him to write me. Oh, how I love you. Huh? Tell him to write me. You'll tell me all about it later. Today, I cannot miss him. One hundred men. What courage! Uh, the coast is clear? Yes. Here he is at last. A friend of yours, Sir Fernand? Monsieur Carbon de Castel Jaloux, captain of the Gascon cadets. Ah! We heard it all, our hero! But I... Come, at least 30 of the cadets are across the way at the end of the cross. I cannot. Our hero refuses. He is out of sorts. Son, dear! Well, now you've done it. Welcome! Yeah. Allow me to embrace Baron, you. I think. Baron. Barons. Barons! Barons! God, give me grace. Uh, uh, gentlemen, are, are you our barons? All of us. With our coronets alone, you can build a tower. Bravo. I ran ahead. The Comte de Guiche is coming. Who, who desires to express to you, Monsieur de Bedrac, his admiration for the wonderful prowess of which we have just heard. <laughs> the Marshal de Gazon, your captain superior, and mine, sends his compliments. The Marshal is clearly a connoisseur in deeds of valor. I never would have believed that feat possible if these gentlemen had not sworn they had witnessed it. With our own two eyes. All know that you have accomplished wonders before this. 
You are serving the king with these wild Gascons, are you not? Yes, with the cadets. Zero. Captain. Since my company is all here, I believe, present them to the Comte, if you please. With pleasure. Their Gasconese cadets are they. Carbon lead them into the fray. They fight and lie without dismay. Their Gasconese cadets are they. In heraldry, they've all to say. Their pedigrees only slight askew. Their Gasconese cadets are they. For Carbon de Castel Jaloux. Their Gasconese cadets are they. Whither they go, husbands pray, and beautiful girls beckon to stay. Trumpets sound, sing, cuckoo. Their Gasconese cadets are they for Carbon de Castel Jaloux. Every lord seems to have a poet on retainer these days. Will you be mine? No, monsieur, nobody's. Your verve and wit yesterday caused so much amusement to my uncle Richelieu. I shall take pleasure in recommending you to him. When a line pleases him, he pays for it. Handsomely. When I have written a line and then I fall in love with it, I buy it from and sing it to myself. You are proud. You know this. Behold, uh, Cyrano, this morning on the quay, we found this sorry feathered game and skewered them on our swords for your delight. <laughs> Voila, the hats of those you put to flight. To the victor, the spoil. <laughs> Take them, Cyrano. Yeah. If faith whoever paid these beggars must be raging today. It was I. Uh, I had hired them. A nobleman is above doing these things himself to chastise a drunken bard. Then you may desire, monsieur, to return them to your friends. Please, take them with my compliments. Porter, my carriage, immediately. As to you, monsieur, no doubt you've read Don Quixote. Yes, a kindred spirit and fellow odyssey. Mm. Then kindly meditate on the windmill chapter. The 13th. Tilton at windmills can catch a man in their great revolving arms and dash him into the mud. Or lift him to the stars. Pretty mess you've made of it. Oh, of course, as usual, you must growl. You must admit that this constant assassination of every passing opportunity is, to say the least, a gross exaggeration of principles. Could you not for a moment set aside your pride and your beloved panache? This quest for musketeer glory. What would you have me do? Set out to find a powerful patron? A master? Dedicate my verses to financiers and play the simpering jester? To cause on lips that I despise a smile? No, thank you. Seek favor from the solemn councils held by pompous fools in taverns? No, thank you. Craft my fame upon a single sonnet sooner than crafting sonnets themselves? No, thank you. Be terrorized by gazettes vague and small and hope that all the while they'll not forget me? No, thank you. Calculate, gossip, and fear? No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. But to sing, to dream, to laugh, to be alone and free with clear eyes and a resonant voice. To cock your hat, if you feel so disposed. To work without a thought of gold or fame. To write but what is honestly your own. And modestly for once, say to oneself, mon petit, 
It is enough to have humble flowers, fruits, even weeds, if it's in your own small garden that you harvest. Then, if perchance a bit of fame is earned, to render nothing unto Caesar. Speak out aloud your pride and bitterness. But whisper to me, she loves me not. Cyrano, the story. The details of the fight. They will make the best kind of lesson for a timid apprentice. Apprentice? <laughs> Monsieur de Nivellet, there exists a thing that with us must never be alluded to. Mm -mm. Uh, and what is that? Look at me. In the middle of my face. Hmm? You understand? Oh. You mean the. walking along to meet him. The moon shone in the sky like a fat silver mm. watch, when suddenly some celestial overzealous watchmaker began passing <laughs> over it with a cloud of cotton. I was plunged into total darkness, and I couldn't see any further the than- the end of your nose? Mm. Who is this man? He, he joined the family. This morning. His name is Baron Christian de Nouvellet. Was saying, I could not see further than our lanterns. But I said to myself, Onwards, Gaskin, do your duty. Then, abruptly, out of the dark, somebody made a lunge at me. I parried, when suddenly I found myself nose to nose confronted by a hundred drunken rascals and oh. charged them. Down went two of them. A third I ran through. They lunged. I parried and struck down. How many? No. Thunder and lightning. Everybody out. Word them out. You are brave. Perhaps. I prefer it so. Embrace me. I am her brother. Whose brother? Hers. Roxanne's. Good. Lord, the brother Roxanne? Well, a brotherly cousin. She told me all. So she loves me. Oh, how happy I feel, sir, to know you. Rather a sudden sentiment, is it not? Forgive me. It's true. You are a handsome man. Oh, I only wish I knew you, sir. How much I admire you. Oh? But what of all those noses that I you... withdraw them, sir. Roxanne expects a letter tonight. No. What? Oh, I, I could die of shame. I am too foolish to write. You didn't attack me like a fool. Oh, it, it is easy enough to find words for a fight. But in front of a woman, I'm struck dumb. Their eyes are kind enough as I pass them, but I am one of those, and I know it. I tremble and do not know how to speak of love. It seems to me that if I were better looking, I should belong to the other class, those who know and live. Oh, to be able to express things with grace. Oh, that my soul had such an interpreter. Roxanne is brilliant, and if I open my mouth, she will be disillusioned. 
What would I do for eloquence? I'll lend you some. Lend you to me your charming physique, and the two combined will constitute the hero of a romance. Would you feel equal to repeating the daily lessons I could give you? What is it you propose? That Roxanne not be disillusioned. Together, we can gain her love. How your eyes shine. Christian, will you? Would it give you so much pleasure? It would... It would amuse me. A tempting challenge for a poet. Come, shall I complete you and you me? Collaborate a little, your lips and my sentences? I'll be your mind, and you shall be my beauty. But that letter. I cannot write it. Your letter? Here it is. How? It lacks nothing but the address. You may send it. Rest assured, it is well done. You had one at the ready? We poets have about us, as a rule, fine letters to those we adore in our dreams. But there may be a few words to change, thus written at random. Will it fit Roxanne? Like a glove. Human vanity is so credulous that Roxanne will never doubt the letter was written for her. You are my dearest friend. <laughs> Old Moray Quarter. Narrow streets. Old, comfortable brick houses. A small public square. Before Roxanne's house. Ivy climbing her garden wall. And foliage spills over into the streets. Above the door, a window. And a balcony illuminated by shivering, falling jasmine. A bench built into the wall. Good for climbing. But for now, the duenna sits, listening to Ragnar. Oh, and then she left with a musketeer. Deserted and ruined, I hung myself. And I was already off for another world when in came Monsieur de Bergerac. He unhung me and offered me to his cousin for a steward. She had a weakness for the military and I for poets. Mars ate all the cakes that Apollo left. <laughs> the shop is no more. Roxanne, are you ready? We'll, we'll be late. I'm putting on my cape. Oh, forgive me, Monsieur Ragonneau. We're expected across the street at Clermere's. Roxanne, come down, or we shall miss the discourse on the tender passion. Forget Cyrano. I'll be down in a moment. Oh, and who may be these two little virtuosos? I want a bet. Go and play with my compliments for that actor Montfleury. Uh -huh. Play long mm -hmm. and out of tune. <gasps> I've come this evening, as on previous evenings, to ask Roxanne if her soulmate is still as faultless as before. Oh, beautiful how clever he is and how I love him. Is Christian so very clever? More so even than yourself, my darling. I won't argue with that. To my mind, there is not a more articulate talker of those pretty nothings that are everything. At times, he seems quite absent-minded. His muses abandon him. Then suddenly, says the most ravishing things. No. Because Christian is handsome, he must be stupid. 
I doubt if he can speak of hearts and love. He does not speak of. He gives a dissertation. Just listen. <laughs> the more you take of my heart, the more I love you. <laughs> what think you of that? So, so. And of this. Since I must suffer and to suffer have a heart, please, if you would keep the heart that's mine, then send me yours. At first he had too much heart, now he has not enough. How much heart would satisfy him? You're jealous. What? An author's jealousy. And is not this tenderer than the last? Listen. Toward you, my heart, I swear, has but a single cry. And if written lines upon kisses could be sent, oh, madam, you would read this letter with your lips. <laughs> the lines are cute. So, you know all his letters by heart? All. Quite a compliment. He's a master. Oh, um, a master. A master, I say. So be it. A master. The Comte de Guiche is at the gate. Cyrano, get into the house. It is better he should not see you here, or else he might suspect. <laughs> Cyrano, please. He loves me, he's powerful, and he must not know of my love. He could destroy it. Very well, that very well. Comte de Guiche, I was just going out. And I have come to take my leave. Oh. I am ordered at the siege of Arras. Oh. And I go tonight. Oh. My departure does not seem to distress you greatly. Oh. Oh. I grieve. Shall I ever see you again? When? Did you know that I have been given a high command? Bravo. The guards regiment. <laughs> oh, the guards. Yes, the regiment in which is your cousin, the man of boastful words. Ugh. I'll have my revenge at the siege. What? The guards are going there. They are now my regiment. What ails you? Uh, this um, departure, it grieves me sorely. To know that those you care for are going to battle. Why is it I first hear words so sweet on the day of my departure? So then you mean to seek revenge on my cousin Cyrano? Do you take his part? No, no. Against him. I, I see him very little. Oh, I meet him everywhere. With one of those cadets, uh, new... Uh, a tall man? A blonde. Red-haired, rather. Handsome. For some, perhaps. But very stupid. So it struck me. Your revenge on Cyrano, no doubt, consists in holding him under fire, which he relishes. I can tell you, though, what would wound him to the quick. And that is? To have his regiment and his dear cadets remain so long as there is war right here in Paris inactive. The only way to punish him is to deprive him of danger. You have, then, some regard for me. <laughs> The fact that you take sides with me is proof of love, Roxanne. Ah, uh, it is one. <laughs> I have the orders here for every company, and they shall be sent immediately, except this one. It is for the cadets, and I hold it back. Ha <laughs> ha! Cyrano, so eager for the throne. <laughs> and so you play with people as with mice, Roxanne? Sometimes. <laughs> you enthrall me. Roxanne, listen. 
Tonight, yes, I must depart, but leave you when I feel that you are moved. I cannot. Hear me. Close by here is a convent of the Capuchin Fathers. They will give me a place of concealment. Officially, I shall have left for the front, but I shall return to you. Allow me to delay my departure for a few hours, dear Wayward Beast. Oh, but if you are discovered, uh, your reputation... I'll risk it. My duty says that I must forbid. I beseech you, go! I would have you be a hero. Antoine's... Celestial word! And so you love the one... For whom I tremble? Yes. I am overcome. Adieu. I would have you be a hero, Antoine. Oh, not a word, if you please. <laughs> Cyrano mm -hmm. would never forgive me for stealing his war from him. Cousin! <clears throat> we are going to Clomier's. Late? Were Christian to come, as is likely, request him to wait for me, please. I huh. shall. And what question do you intend, as is your custom, to propound to him today? That you'll remain silent. As the great... On nothing. I shall simply say to him, proceed without weighing. Extemporize. Speak of splendid love. <laughs> Very good. Hush, 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 hush. <laughs> Roxanne! Not a word. Never. Hush, hush. <laughs> Christian! Now, I'm informed. Prepare your memory. There is glory in store for you. No. What? I'll wait for Roxanne here. Have you gone mad? No, I said. I'm wary of committing to memory my letters, my speeches. Wary of playing this role, always trembling. It was good at first, but now I feel that she really loves me. Many thanks. I fear nothing now. I'll speak unprompted. Indeed. You think that I cannot? After all, I'm not that stupid. You shall see. My darling, your lessons have improved me. I'll speak unaided, and by all the devils, I'll know enough to take her in my arms. And is she? Cyrano, for pity's sake, do not leave me. You'll speak unprompted, monsieur. Adieu! Ugh. You missed the entire lecture. I'm going to lie down. Oh, here you are. The twilight is coming, the air is balmy, and there's nobody about. Let us be seated. Speak. I'm listening. I love you. Yes, speak of love. <laughs> I love thee. Yes, that is the theme. Amplify. I love... Expatiate. So... Deeply. And? And I should feel happy if you loved me. Roxanne, do say that you love me. Oh, you offer me porridge when I desire cream. Now say how you love me. I love you... A lot. Unwind your fingers. Your neck. Ah, ah, that, that I could press my lips to it. Christian, 
your beautiful wit turns ugly. No more should I like to have you lose your good looks. But... Come, come, call up your eloquence just now, such a flight. I... Yes, you love me, I know. Farewell. I think that went very well. Help me. I'll die if she does not this moment relent. What can I do this very moment, Drummond, to you? See? Up there. Her window. I want to die. Speak lower. I want to die. Tonight is water. Well, speak. You do not deserve it, you wretch. Stand there, before the balcony. I'll remain beneath it and prompt you. Monsieur Bergerac! Oh, we have serenaded Montfleury. You, stand on the corner and you on the other. If anyone comes along, play an air. Lively for a woman, for a man, a sad one. Uh. In tune this time? Oh! Roxanne! Who called me? I. Who is I? I must go to my sister. I, Christian, I must speak to you. Good, lower your voice. No, you speak too clumsily, better go. Have mercy. No! You love me no more. You accuse me of loving no more, merciful gods, when I love more. Why, you are improving. Love grows stronger in the restless love soul. Love grows stronger in the restless whole soul, soul. soul that he has chosen for a cradle. Better still. But since this love is so cruel, you were foolish indeed not to smother it at its birth. I tried, but <laughs> without success. This newborn babe, madame, is a, a little Hercules. Very good indeed. But tonight you waver in your speech. Your words limp along. Oh, Cyrano, this isn't working. Because night has come, and in the dark my words must wander in search of your ear. But my words meet with no such difficulty. Your words descend, thus they have speed. While mine must rise, madame, they require more time. But they've been rising much better for the last few moments. They are getting used to climbing. The fact is that I am speaking to you from quite a height. Assuredly, and you would kill me if, from such an elevation, you allowed a sharp word to drop upon my heart. I'll come down. No! Step upon the bench, then. I I climb up here. No, let us rather relish this opportunity of speaking gently and invisibly. Invisibly? You don't know what these moments mean to me. If ever you have thought me eloquent... I have. Know now that my words never yet came from my true heart. All this is so delicious, so new to me. So new? So new. Yes, it's new to be sincere. A fear of ridicule grips my heart. Ridicule? For what? My emotional flights. You never spoke to me as now you speak. Oh, let us set aside the superannuated niceties of modern love. But with the mind? I hate them now. 
It is a crime to delay love with scholastic acrobatics. We draw near to a time when our breast overflows with speechless love. A love which pretty words only desecrate. Since now for both of us that time has come, what words shall I expect from you? Oh, all, all those I know, except them scattered loose. I love you. Let me breathe. I love thee, and I raved his joy too much. Thy name is in my heart as in a bell, Roxanne. And as my heart forever throbs, the bell is ere the sounder of thy name. Of thee there's not I do not hoard and love. I mind me that last year, the twelfth of May, a twist was changed in what's a crown. Thy hair... Yes, this is love. The passion in my heart is jealous, fierce, with sadness tainted, but it's really love, love shorn of selfish thought. What I could give my happiness for thine, e'en shouldst thou never expect whose gift it was, if only I could hear, perchance, the music of thy bliss. Oh, say I'm understood, and that thou feel'st my soul ascend to thee. All is tonight too beautiful and sweet, and still it's true. I speak at last to thee. Oh, I tremble. Yes, I weep. I love, I'm thine, I'm enthralled. May death then come along. What more can I expect out of life? A kiss. What? Oh. You claim? Yes, I... You go too far. Uh, now she is moved. It is time for me to act. Yes, I asked, it is true, but now I realize I was over audacious. And you do not insist? Of course I do, but with reserve. Yes, I know your modesty is offended, so I withdraw the kiss. Refuse it me. Why so? Be silent, Christian. What are you muttering? I was reproving myself for going too far. I was saying, be silent, Christian. <laughs> Someone comes. Liza? Seth? A woman or a man? No, a monk. I'm looking for the house of Madame Madeleine Laban. Ah, that way. Straight ahead, as far as you can go. Thank you, sir. I pray for you. Get me that kiss. No. But sooner or later. I know. Roxanne? You? Yes. What were we speaking of? A kiss. The word is soft. Why hesitate? The name, be sure, will not maltreat your lips, however burning be the thing itself. Be silent. After all, what is a kiss? A secret confided to a mouth and not to ears? A communion that tastes like a flower? A gentle way for a heart to breathe a heart? For soul from fervid lips to drink a soul? Well, then come up to cull the flower. I... Climb up there. This feels wrong. You fool, go up. A foot on the bench. A hand on the vine. Over the railing. A hand in hair. Eyes intertwined. <sighs> A kiss to pinch my heart. Since on the lips Roxanne mistakes, she drinks the words that I pronounced. The monk again. 
Uh, hello. Who is it? It is I, Cyrano. I was passing. Is Christian still here? Uh, why, it's Cyrano. How do you do, cousin? Cousin, how do you do? I'll come down. She must live here, I insist. Magdalene Robon. You said Roland. No. Bon. B-I-N. Bon. What is it? A letter for you, mademoiselle. From a world gentleman. It's from De Quiche. Father, pardon me. I must step closer to the house for light. <clears throat> mademoiselle. The drums are beating and my regiment is about to start. All think that I have already gone, but I have remained, thus disobeying you. I am here in the convent. Dismiss whoever is near you and condescend to hear the bold suitor whom you have, I trust, already forgiven, and who remains your most... Father, listen. Here is what the letter says. Mademoiselle, I send this message by a saintly intelligent and discreet monk. Christian must be married to you secretly, though I know you like him not. Be risen, remembering that heaven will bless your zeal. Worthy gentlemen, I knew he could suggest but a saintly thing. Oh, resistance. Be resigned. I am. This way, father. Gentle cousin, Dikish is coming. Detain I understand. Go. This time it must be a manual. Dikish, virtuosos. What now? When you see they are married, strike up playing. What is the madman doing now? He seems to be climbing from the balcony into the tree. And pulling his hat over his eyes. Oh, move you. Oh, I can't, I can't see. Ow. Hush. Here comes the fancy lord. What can this infernal monk be doing? He departed before I did. The madman's high in the tree with his hat over his eyes. He'll fall. Oh, oh no. No, no, no. I can't look. And he's just sitting on the branch yelling quietly. No, 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 no. He, he, he's jumping. <gasps> what is this? From where did this man drop? From the moon. <laughs> what time is it? What country is it? What month? What day? But, my dear sir, I... <clears throat> I feel quite dizzy, like a bombshell I have just dropped from the moon. Look, sir, I... I say that I dropped. So be it, then. You dropped. <laughs> and my drop is not metaphorical. One hundred years or one minute ago, I cannot tell how long I was on the way, I was up in that saffron-colored bowl. Quite so, uh, but allow me to pass. <laughs> Don't... Lie to me, where am I? Where have I fallen like a meteorite? Zoom, monsieur. During my fall, I could make no selection as to the point of my arrival. Is it upon a moon or the earth that my dead weight has just landed? What nation? What village? Monsieur, let me pass. A lady is waiting for me. Ah, a lady. Then I must be in Paris. Yes, but I must pass. <laughs> So, I have dropped in Paris. I have just arrived, pardon me, by the last cyclone, and I must brush off the ether that is still on me. Stay back. 
My eyes are still full of astral dust, and my spurs have caught planet hairs. Here, here on my doublet is one from a comet. Now look here. You if you were to press my <laughs> nose, sir, you would cause a flow of milk. Milk, in indeed. <laughs> yes, sir. From the Milky Way? Oh, by Satan. No, I dropped from heaven. Would you believe it? I intend to write a book on the subject, and the golden stars that I gathered into my scorched cloak, regardless of peril, shall be used by my printer for asterisks. Once more, I must insist. On learning how I got up there? Easily. Through an invention of mine. I imitated nothing ever done. You cannot imagine? I... Actually, no. The tide. No. No, 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 no. Yes. Oh. As it was running out in obedience to the attraction of the moon, I lay on the sands, head foremost, so that my hair, hair, you know, does not dry fast, so that my hair was kept bathed in the receding waves. And thus I was, by the moon's attraction, drawn up, up, erect, like an angel, and up I effortlessly went until suddenly... Sir, I grant you your freedom. The marriage is accomplished. Am I... Am I intoxicated? That voice. Um. That nose. Cyrano. <sighs> In person. Cyrano. They have just exchanged their marriage rings. They? Who? Roxanne and Denuver. Denuvi. Denuvi, yes. <sighs> Be good enough to bid farewell, madam, to your husband. Soldier. Your regiment is about to start. Join it immediately. But you said, sir, that the cadets were not going. I have the order in my hand, madame. Oh, dear Christian. The troops are leaving. Cyrano promised me that nothing shall endanger his life. Oh, I shall do my best. That during this terrible siege he shall never be cold. I can't... That he shall write to me often. That I can promise you. Act four. Siege at Arras. In the Spanish Netherlands. Or northern France, depending on who you ask. Distantly, the outline of dark Arras roofs against gold dawn sky. Closer to the battlefield, pockmarked siege work. Closer, the embankment, sagging sentinels spaced out, watching. Closer, tents. Drums. Arms. Campfires. And the proud cadets of gas. Paler. Thinner. Sleeping in their cloaks. Who goes there? What? You wounded? You know that they miss me regularly every morning. Risk your life thus every day just to carry a letter. I promised that he would write often. To pass through the Spanish lines, I long ago selected a place where they are invariably drunk. Why don't you once bring back some provisions? A load would not leave me light enough to pass through. But there is going to be a change. We, the French, shall soon eat. Or die. My eyes did not deceive me. How soon? I'm not sure enough to speak. An extraordinary siege, this. We are besieging Aris, and the Spanish are besieging us. Somebody should come now to besiege the Spanish. Do not joke. So, <laughs> where are you going? I am going to write another letter. Oh. Their dream of dinner is finished. I know what their cry will be now. Um, have fully dead. My tongue is yellow. Cyrano, I can't help. Come with your ready wit and put some life into them. Give them new courage. Hey, 
What makes you drag your feet along so? Something in my heels that should not be there. What's that? My stomach. <laughs> Mine's the same. Mm. What of it? Is it inconvenient? No, it heightens me. My teeth are very long. Well, you can bite off a larger piece. My skin sounds mm. empty. We'll use it as a drum for the charge. Oh, words, words, words. So you think of naught but food. Come up here then, Bertrandoa, with your fife. Seek shepherd's notes and let these gluttons feast upon some old and ne'er forgotten tune. Instead of giving them courage, you make them weak. Never mind. The hero's blood that is in them will soon arouse them. What's the order? To arms. Ready. At the sound of the drum, dreams, longings, thoughts of home, of love feeds their fire. What comes by the fife goes by the drum. Who goes there? Your commanding officer. Raise the gate for the cloth de guiche. It's Lee's branch cooking with iron. We should not appear to suffer more than he does. Here, all of you. Take up your cards, your pipes, and your dice. Sounds like a dice. Oh, And I will read Descartes. Good morning, Carbon. So, here are these sore heads. Yes, gentlemen. I understand that I am jeered at plentiful here. That my cadets are not overburdened with respect for their colonel. I can afford to scorn your bluster. Everyone knows how I behave under fire. <laughs> Even yesterday, there were enough witnesses to the spirit with which I routed the enemy. <laughs> I charged them three successive times. How about your white scarf? You know of this trifle. <laughs> True, it happened. While I was circling, I was forced close to the enemy. I was in danger of being taken or shot. When, happily, I bethought me to untie and drop the scarf which told my rank. Thus invisible, I managed to get away from the Spaniards and to turn back upon them with all my men beating them terribly. <laughs> now, what do you say to this? I say... Who would abdicate the honor of being a target? <laughs> Had I been present when the scarf slipped off, I should have picked it up and put it on. Gascon boasting again. <laughs> Lend it to me. A Gascon's offer? <laughs> you know full well the scarf remained on the enemy's ground, a place so well covered by Spanish guns that nobody can venture What, this here. scarf? <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> I shall use this white fabric to make a signal that I hesitated to give. Is he waving at the enemy? Sir, what is the meaning of uh, this? A man, over, over there, running away. One who plays a part of a Spanish spy. He is very useful to us. Takes over to the enemy information that I give him, so that we can influence their decisions. Last night, in a desperate attempt to stock our larders, the marshal left for Durlands. He took half the army with him. But the Spanish do not know of it. Oh, I forgot. They are going to attack us. My spy said, I can have the attack made wherever you prefer. I answered, the point to attack will be the one from which I make a signal to you. Gentlemen, make ready. 
The attack will take place in an hour from now. You must gain time, pending the Marshal's return. And in order to gain time, what shall we do? You will have the goodness to get killed. All of you, in defense of the camp. Come on. A word. Christian. <sighs> yes. I thought it might be for today, and here, I have written your farewell. Let me see. What is this? This little round spot. What? Yes. A tear. We poets are charmed by our own games. You understand. This letter was heartrending. I drew tears from my own eyes as I was writing it. Tears? Yes, because to die is not so terrible, but to never see her again, that is the torture. For the fact is, I shall never... We shall never... Oh, you! Who goes there? What is it? In service of the king? Certainly. Of the only king there is love. <laughs> you cannot remain here. Oh, yes I can. Do you know that they fired on my coat? <laughs> Looks like a squash, does it not? As in the fairy tale, and the lackeys like rats. <laughs> oh, how are you, dear Christian? You don't seem to be very merry here. I didn't know that Iris was so far off. How do you do, cousin? Cousin, how? how did you get through their lines? You must frequently have been called upon, madame, to declare whither you were going. I answer, I am going to see my lover. Immediately, <laughs> the most ferocious Spaniard would gravely close the door of my coach with a knightly wave of the hand, order up the muskets already pointed at me, and, with as much grace as haughtiness, the plume of his hat proudly floating on the breeze, bow low and say, Fason, senorita. <laughs> Christian, you must forgive. If I had said my husband, nobody would have let me pass. You must be gone immediately. <laughs> but how can I get away? In 45 minutes. Or 50. He is my husband, and if he is killed, I must be killed too. But the post is a most dangerous one. Are you trying to make a widow of me? What? Will the wit turn out to be a heroine? Monsieur de Bergerac, I am your cousin. Huh. But perhaps it is time the Comte de Guiche should leave the fight by keeping. I will inspect the guns and return. You have a little time left. Change your mind. Never. Roxanne! No, no, I will not budge. I would die most willingly for eyes so beautiful. If only I had a crust of bread. For shame, cadet. How can you think of eating before such an exquisite woman? But he's right. The morning air is sharp, and I myself am famished. Oh. Meat pie, cold game, and jelly, some good wine? Oh, I'll have nothing oh. else, thank you. But can't we have them now? My God! Uh, and where will all this come from, if you please? My coach. What? Oh, but somebody must serve in cards. Look at my coachman more attentively, gentlemen. It's Ragnar. Oh, 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 oh,
Nothing. Yes, just a cake and a little muscatel. Roxanne, why did you come? Here comes the guiche. Make haste. Hide bottles, dishes, plates, baskets, everything. Lively now. Let him notice nothing. Captain George, you're uh, flushed. Constitution. I had one cannon left, and I ordered it placed in that coil. Your men may have occasion to use it. Mind the recoil. Gaskin guns never move backward. You are intoxicated, sir. With what? With the smell of gunpowder. Madame, you must decide quickly. We will not be able to protect you. I remain. You. Give me a musket. I, too, will remain. Same. Don't you think he deserves something to eat? Provisions! <laughs> I know how to fight on an empty stomach. You are improving, sir. Sir, my men are placed and determined. Madame, will you accept my hand to pass them in review? I would be honored. Christiane, in case Roxanne should speak to you of letters, do not be silly enough to appear surprised. Surprised? You have written to her more often than you think. How so? Well, sometimes I wrote without saying to you, I'm, I'm writing. But since we have been hemmed in, how did you manage to... Before dawn, I could pass through the lines. And how many times a week did I write? Twice? Three times? Four times? Well... Every day? Yes, well, twice. A day. And this enraptured you. And the rapture was such that each day you faced death. And now, dear Christian. And now tell me why over impassable roads, why through the ranks of brutal soldiery, you joined me here. On account of your letters. My letters? Yes. And it is your fault I took so many risks. Your letters intoxicated me. Oh, remember how many you wrote me during this last month? And all so beautiful. What? Do you mean to say that for a few short love letters? Your letters, yes. My God, you cannot understand. My love for you was born that night of bliss when, from beneath my willing balcony, in accents that to both of us were new, a soul revealed itself to me. T'was yours. So that each time your letters came, it seemed your voice twining round me. So here I am. I came to seek forgiveness. And the time is meet, indeed, since death draws near, my love. Your pardon for it. How privileged I was. Once loving you for beauty's sake alone. But later, dear, with growing sense. A bird will hop before it learns to soar. I marked your soul outshining even your looks. And then I loved you more for both. And now? You have, in short, yourself outshone yourself, and now I love you for your soul alone. Roxanne! 
Rejoice, what is a love we owe to passing gifts to beauty doomed to fade? Oh. I understand such love as this is past belief. It's not the love I seek. I wish to be beloved simply for- For what some others prize before today? Oh, let your heart make room for better love. Roxanne, your former love was better. Nay, nay. Tis now I love you better, most and well. And I should love you still if you should cease to look so grand. If I were homeless. Hideous. The thought should give you joy profound. I have an order to give. But- My love for you? My selfishness has deprived these poor fellows of your sweet company. Go, smile to them a little, since they are about to die. Go. How good you are, dear Christiana. You are as white as a ghost. She loves me no more. What? You are the one she loves. <laughs> Nonsense. She said my soul is all she loves. Fiddlesticks. Your letters called her here. You, therefore, are the one she loves, and you love her. Christian. I know it. It is true. Madly. Why? Tell her so. She said she would love me even if I were homeless. She really told you so. She did. Let her choose. Tell her all. No, no, do not put me to such torture. I am tired of having a rival in myself. I desire to be loved for myself, or not at all. I had better go see how things are progressing. I'll return presently. Meanwhile, speak, and let her prefer one of us two. It shall be you. Well, I hope so. Roxanne! No, no, do not call her, please. What is it? Cyrano will tell you something important. Christian! He attaches a great deal of importance to trifles. He doubts, perhaps, the truth of what I said. I could see he did not believe it. But the things you said were not true. Certainly. I would love him even if I... You would not hurt my feelings. You meant even if he were homely. Yes, homely. Abominably so. Yes. Disfigured. Yes. Grotesque. Nothing can make him look grotesque to me. And then you would love him still. More, perhaps. Listen. Cyrano, I, I must speak with you alone. What is it? Hush. Gio. What has happened? Uh, what is it? Why all this firing? What is going on? Nothing. Nothing. What What are these men carrying? Never mind them. What, what was it you were going to say, Cyrano? Nothing. Nothing. I swear it, madam. Truly, the spirit of Christian and his soul were, Christian. are the greatest. Christian. Oh. By the first shot fired by the enemy. Christian. The attack. To arms. Make haste there. Christian. Christian. Fall in line. Christian. Fall in Water. line. Bandages. Please hurry. Christian. Christian, listen. I told her. Oh, it's just you. She still loves you. Don't close your eyes, Christian. Take aim. Fire. Release me, Roxanne. I must join in the fight. Is it not true that he had an exquisite soul? Yes, Roxanne. That he was a thrilling poet? Yes, Roxanne. That he had a heart large and brave, too deep to be fathomed by the crowd? Yes, Roxanne. That's the signal. We are lost! Never! <sighs> no. 
Never! The geese should carry you off. I will charge. No! We're wavering. We've been shot twice. Steady for our lives! You'll hold to the deck. My lines are broken! Steady there. Steady there. They come! They come! They fight and lie without dismay. Their Gasconese cadets are they. Act 5. 1655. 15 years later. Back in Paris. The courtyard of the convent of the ladies of the cross. Centered an enormous overspreading tree. To the left, the house with a wide porch and all the doors open. Then the chapel, entwined in creepers, richly hued in red and gold. Red foliage hovering over the lawns, waiting to fall. A plate of yellow leaves under each tree. Strewn all over the stage. The aisles and benches. Check under your feet. In the garden, a stone bench. Tapestry on a frame, partially finished. Small, empty chair. The sisters come and go beyond sprawling lawns. The depths of the park. The sky. And so, you persist in remaining in this seclusion, uselessly lovely, forever in mourning? Yes, Monsieur de Guiche. Ever true to his memory? Ever. Can you forgive me? Since I took the veil, yes. And he was truly so. You never really knew him. Doubtless. And his last letter lies in your heart always. Like a blessed talisman, it hangs on this ribbon. At times it seems as if he'd left me not. As if our hearts still beat as one, as if his love is still coiled around me, strong, alive. Does Cyrano ever come to see you? Yes, often. He brings me all the news every Saturday. As the hour strikes, I know without even turning around to see that he is here, for I can hear his stick on the stone steps. Why, here's Lebray. And how is our friend? Not at all well. Oh, I'm sorry. Lebray exaggerates. All as I predicted. Desertion and poverty. He denounces mock nobility, mock piety, mock bravery, plagiarism, in fact, everybody. But the fear of his wonderful sword holds them all in respect. They'll never reach him. What I fear for him is not an assault. It is solitude. Hunger, winter stealthily entering his poor abode. Each morning, he buckles his belt a little tighter. He has lived free from obligations and humiliating restraint. <laughs> Compt? Yes, mm. I know. I have everything and he has nothing. But I should very much like to shake his hand. Farewell, madame. I'll see you to the gate. Here comes Ragonneau. Monsieur Lebray, would you mind? I'll be back presently, and no teasing him. Who has broken your heart this time, Ragonneau? Oh, mon cher. It is best as well that she should be kept in ignorance. I was on my way to see our friends this afternoon when 
as I was nearing his door, I saw him coming out. As he was turning the corner, a window above him opened, and through accident, perhaps, a lackey dropped upon him a heavy log of wood. Cowards! Abominable! Our friend, monsieur, our poet, lays on the ground with a large hole in his head. Is he dead? No, but in what a state. I carried him up to his room. His room, you should see what it is. He is in great pain. No, no, sir, he has not recovered his senses. What said the doctor? He spoke of fever. Oh, oh, if you saw him with his beautiful head bandaged. Come, quickly, sir. There is nobody with him. It would be death to him if he left his bed. This way is shorter, through the chapel. Monsieur Le Bray! No doubt another of good Ragonneau's troubles. The first time he's late and by a full hour. Well, here it is. Some sister preaching to him, no doubt. Why did I worry so? For the first time in 14 years, you are late. <laughs> yes, and in truth, I boil with rage. I was delayed by an intruder. Some bore, but you got rid of him or her. Yes. Excuse me, said I, but this is Saturday, and I have a weekly engagement that nothing can prevent me from keeping. Return an hour hence. The person shall wait. I'll keep you here until evening. I may be compelled to leave you sooner. But I verily believe there will never be an end to this weaving of yours. I'm getting accustomed to this remark. Give me the news. <laughs> be my weekly gazette. Agreed. I'm listening. At the Queen's Ball, on Saturday, 763 candles of white wax were burned. Our troops have been victorious, it is said, over those of John the Austrian. Four sorcerers have been hung. Oh, and the little dog of Madame Datis was given... Monsieur de Bergerac, you know only the details. <laughs> Monday, nothing. Oh, yes, Ligdemir took a new lover. Oh. Wednesday, the beauty Montblanc said to the Comte de Fiesque, no. <gasps> Thursday, the 25th, Montblanc said to Fiesque, yes. And Saturday, 26th, <laughs> Cyrano, Cyrano. Uh, I, no, no, I assure you, it is nothing. It is the old wound I received at Eris. Dearest friend. It is nothing serious. Soon over. We each have our wound. I, too, have one, even swelling. I feel it in my breast, beneath the time-worn letter on which can still be seen the trace of tears and blood. Did you not say that someday, perhaps, you would allow me to read it? It grows dark. No matter. Here. Roxanne, farewell. The time... You read aloud? Roxanne, farewell. The time of death has come. This eve, I think, beloved, is my last. My soul's still rich in unexpressive love. Why, how your grief is light. No more will I drink your every motion, dear. There's one that I recall so truly yours. To smooth your hair, and I would cry loud. How can you see her? And now I cry indeed. Farewell. Fourteen years you have played the part of an old friend who comes to amuse. No, no, Roxanne, you mistake. I should have felt it each time you said my name. The letters were yours. No. That voice in the night was yours. I swear it was not. That soul was yours. I love you, my 
Why were you silent thus? Since on these lines, not by his word or thought, the tears were yours. Because the blood is his. Why then allow a silence that's sublime to break as now? Roxana, why indeed? I am prudent. I was sure of it. Here he of is. Of course I'm here. It is suicide, madame, for him to have left his bed. I did not finish my weekly chronicle. And on Saturday, 26th, one hour before dinner, Monsieur de Bergerac was assassinated in the street. Cyrano, remove your hat. <gasps> oh! Overpowered by a lackey with a log. It's time for prayer. The bell that tolls is right. Leave me not to call for help. On your return, you would not find me here. I love you, Liv. I am japes and fairy tales, and love dispel the curse of homeliness. You'd soon discover that I cannot change. You've suffered. And through me? Through you? Not so. Through you, at least, I had a friend. Oh, I left but one, and here I lose him twice. I would not have you weep a whit the less for Christiane, who was all that's good and grand. But when the hand of ice has seized my spine, I would your widow's veil might have a double sense, and mourning him warn me a little too. I swear to you. No, never. In a chair. No, no help from anybody. She comes. Already I have marble boots and gloves of lead. Or marbles. Since Zia is here, I'll meet him standing and with sword in hand. Cyrano. Uh, 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 I think he looks. <laughs> she dares to look. This flat-faced stooge at my nose. <sighs> what say you? That it's useless. I know. But we do not fight for the hope of success. No, no. The beauty is its uselessness. Who are you all? I count a thousand. More? I know you now, my enemies of old. You, falsehood. Compromise and prejudice. Cowardice. I know that, in the end, you will lay me low. No matter, I strike, and I strike, and I strike. <sighs> you take my all, the laurel and the rose. Well, take them. But in spite of you, there is a something that I snatch back when tonight I sweep into the house of God. My salvation will clean that wide threshold. Something that, without a fold, without a stain, I carry in spite of you. It is... It is? My panache. Thank you for listening. 
Christian was played by Issa Best, Lauren T. Mack as Cyrano, Miss Sandra Mushlongo as the Comte de Guiche, Quiji, and others, Chris Rivera as Lebray, Carbon, and others, Rivka Rivera as Roxanne, Angie Tennant as Ragano, La Duena, Linier, and others. Sound editing by Graydon Gund. Sound design and music by Marlena Mack. We hope you enjoyed this production from Standby for Places. For more information, please visit our website at standbyforplaces.org.